Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane back to reality. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code WONDERY to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 795. Uh, I got a, a, a real good one. It's a cool, it's a very Nerdist thing. Uh, it's called the Harry Potter Alliance. Son of a bitch. Sorry. <laughs> God damn it. I spent so much time figuring out what they do. Oh. <laughs> that's the book thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Show them Comedy Festival it is. All right. Uh, you want to tee me off again? No, it's okay. okay. I kind of loved all of you. Son of a bitch. All right. <laughs> all right uh, I got uh, the Shom Comedy Festival, which is both a comedy festival and a cool charity thing where they're uh, taking all of the, uh, or a fair amount of the proceeds, and they're going towards uh, different good quality things that uh, show that laughter can do more than just be dark people talking on stage. That's fantastic. That was, it was also fun watching the high wire act of that sentence. Me being trying formed. to sometimes These when you're trying words, to we don't know where when they're I'm ending. Trying to soon. promote things sometimes you forget that you have to say all nice things and not dive into darkness, which is my default. Yeah, but yeah. go to showemcomedyfestival.com and check out what they do because they're doing really cool stuff. Katie, uh, newlyweds Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero are doing a honeymoon tour. Aww. Yeah, it's really exciting. They're such a great couple. They're amazing. And uh, it starts in Hawaii on May 22nd, and then they're going to Washington, Oregon, all throughout California. You can find info and tickets at MoshaCasher.com. I think it's Hawaii. <laughs> I think it's Oregon. I think it's Washington. Why did you throw a hand shaka out for every single one of those states? <laughs> you did that? it for Hawaii, but then also Oregon. Well, I don't know. I just... just a cool Hawaiian guy in every state. <laughs> yeah. Look at this howling over here. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I sounded more. I'm not sure that was the right. I love that character. Oh, God, that Look at was... this howling over here. Oh, yeah. like... That's the 1920. Audrey Hepburn in Hawaii. Yes, you know, I love I love when the howlies come in to Hawaii. I was hanging out with Jonah Ray. <laughs> He's my knight him. in shining armor. He certainly is my Portuguese sausage. <laughs> uh, this episode is... This was really fun. I... Uh, I went up and did a, a, a periscope, uh, a, 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 like an hour-long periscope with the founders of Twitter because Monday was the 10th anniversary of Twitter. And so they said, do you want to moderate this? And I said, well, uh, I know I'm, I have to do Talking Dead Sunday night. I have to be at midnight on Monday. And they said, well, it's Monday morning at 8 a.m. in San Francisco. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it because I've always wanted to meet these guys. And I feel like – Did you fly out after Talking Dead on Sunday? Yeah. And then You're I, an insane person. And then person. I flew back in time for the morning meeting at, at midnight. Jesus Christ. So, um, I, But I felt like it was very important for me to do it. To, I wanted to thank these guys in person because so much of what I do would not have existed without Twitter. The at sign. Without the ad symbol. At midnight, for example. But even just the communities of you know people that for, – for Talking Dead and for Nerdist and the podcast and for everything. And so – I wanted to meet him, and I wanted to to thank them, and, and so this is this. So I went up and I went up and did this, and uh, and I and it was a really great chat. It's 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 very Twitter centric. Nice. So I'm just telling people if they if you you know I guess if you're like oh you're going to talk about his Twitter. Well, yeah, we're going to yeah. talk about his Twitter. We were there for the 10th anniversary, but I just I thought it was such a fun chat that I said 
can I put this up as a podcast? And they go, sure. So they just gave me the audio. So this is me talking on the 10th anniversary of Twitter at Twitter HQ in San Francisco with uh, Ev Williams, Jack Dorsey, and Biz Stone. And, uh, and it was great and very enlightening, and they were very nice. God, it's so weird to think there was a time before Twitter. It's just everywhere now. Yeah, I know. Like, there's at handles and Twitter handles just everywhere you look. It's hard to imagine a time before. That's so weird. Yeah, I know. But here we are. And thank you very much, Twitter. I'm going to say thank you. Yeah. Here's Nerds Podcast number 795 bonus episode this week with Ev Williams, Jack Dorsey, Biz Stone, creators and founders of Twitter, right here on the Nerds Podcast. Katie, tweet the thing. Now entering Nerdist.com. Uh, I'm Chris Hardwick. I'm here at the Twitter headquarters with a fabulous view of the Golden Gate Bridge, uh, which looks much more two-dimensional from this far away. Uh, I'm here with the founders of Twitter, Ev and Biz and Jack, whom I've never met any of you before, and it is a tremendous honor to meet you. It would, there were very few things that I would leave Talking Dead last night, get on a plane, come up here, and then immediately have to go back to work back when I get back home, but pretty much everything that I've been able to do has centered around Twitter in some way. And it has been such a significant thing for everything I do. It was very important for us, too. That, that's so crazy. <laughs> so it's, the tenth an, it's your 10th anniversary. Um, did you have any inkling 10 years ago that this is where everything... It flew would... by like 10 minutes underwater. <laughs> <laughs> where, what are some of the highlights? So right now, Twitter has 320 million active users. A billion unique visits a month. Um, that's all me. That's just you. Eighty uh, percent active users on mobile. You have thirty-nine hundred employees around the world. So just, just kind of love to get some beats about where it started. He's wearing his Twitter shirt. You're wearing your. Twitter I designed shirt. that shirt and I don't have one anymore. Why aren't you? Why are you not wearing it? Just imagine. I, I forgot. Did you say you were going to wear it and then you were the no, one? No, I didn't. Did. I couldn't. I don't. I couldn't find it because I. I regularly, purge my closet and I accidentally purged my most treasured T-shirt. So where where did Twitter come from? What was what was the idea behind it, and how did you guys think it would be something that people would be interested? Do you want me to tell my version of the story? Yeah, why don't you tell your version of the story, and then they can they can they my can, version. Well, yeah, <laughs> I'll tell my version, and then Jack will tell me I'm wrong. But my version is that Jack, I mean this guy, Ev, <laughs> Ev said, "Look, things aren't going well at, at our other company that we were doing, mm-hmm. and why don't you guys all just podcasting? That that obviously it was, wasn't going to go. We were doing, yeah. <laughs> it, it ended up working out. It wasn't <laughs> podcasting ever, but it was so long ago that it was like it was too early. Before. You were you were like you were like maybe four years ahead of your time with podcasting, maybe even yeah further. Anyway, back. Anyway, so uh, Ev said, "Look, things aren't going good. Why don't you guys all just pair up?" And I think there was like twelve of us or something, ten of us, twelve of us. Mm-hmm. Why don't you guys all just pair up? Just work on something crazy, except for a couple guys still have to work on OU. And uh, <laughs> and um, I think he picked the anarchists to keep working on OU. Anyway, um, the uh, they didn't listen. Yeah, they didn't do it. So um, my, as I recall, Jack and I had always been finding ways to work together at ODO, like doing little projects. Mm-hmm. Like, wouldn't it be funny if when the system crashes, it says the system's crashed, okay, and then I put a little checkbox that says, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> and he was like, ha, ah, that's right, let's do it. So we would just do weird things like that. And um, and so for me, it was kind of like when you're asked to find a partner in gym class, and you're like, don't worry, you, like, we're gonna be, don't worry about it. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like an understanding. <laughs> And so, uh, and so we got together, and I was like, I want to do something really, I just want to do something simple. Something it's going to take a while, by the way. Something that I can just totally <laughs> understand. And I, and I was like, how about picture blogging? Just you take a picture, and that's it. That's all you, that's all you do. It's one picture, one blog. And Jack had obviously been thinking about this for a while, and he said, I have a, I have a different idea. That's a great idea. But he's, and he pointed to his AOL Instant Messenger, and he pointed to the statuses of each person, and he said, do you notice how each... Some they're meant for online, offline. Mm-hmm. But he said, "Do you see how some of my friends are like saying actually what they're doing that they're having a bad day?" Da, da, da. And he asked me, "Do you think we could make a whole, like a whole thing just out of just out of knowing what your contacts are doing without even asking them?" And I was like, "That's genius. Let's do it." 
That's how. That's why. That's why. That's why. Cut to ten years later. That's why I remember. That's how I remember like the very first idea, and then we like built it up. But what, but Jack had already put some thought into well, it. No, we were also doing a ton with uh, with phones and SMS in right. the company. Yeah. And uh, and we we're super excited. We were playing with SMS groups, and uh, we were rethinking audio to be more group based. And it was this one push button way to broadcast yourself. Uh, Using your voice, um, but we're exploring ways of doing it with uh, with a group, um, and actually have more group group broadcasts as well. And SMS was just getting big uh, in the United States at that time, and we were all pretty enamored with it, fascinated by it, and using it nonstop, learning it uh, very quickly, and making a lot of mistakes along the way. Yeah, yeah. There was a, we realized the problem with podcasts at the time was they're interesting when you're away from your computer, not when you're at your computer, but getting them, so you wanted them on the phone, but it was like a year before the iPhone, right? Yeah. And um, so actually putting something on the phone was a pain in the butt. So SMS was this intriguing way to get things to people's phones. Um, and we entered it through, well, how do we get the audio to people's phones? And then it turns out other things make sense on the phone as well. <laughs> Not just audio. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And Jack actually, <laughs> I remember him thinking, like, we could also add audio. And I was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> <laughs> so it was basically just kind of Unix philosophy of, like, we just want something that just does one thing and it does it very well. And you didn't want to crowd it with a bunch of other stuff right off, right off the bat. And also in the Unix philosophy, very hacky to start. We hooked all <laughs> Uh, place together. We learned everything about SMS. We had our SMS stack running on a little old Windows laptop that crashed. I remember. You know, on Windows laptop, I unplugged yeah. it. Remember when we got the bill for two hundred fifty thousand dollars and I just unplugged it? <laughs> like, did that make it go away? It made the bill go away? Yeah. The, it was, the, the, the laptop at one point was paying for everyone outside of North America. We were paying for all their SMS bills, and the UPS guy was <laughs> bringing us. <laughs> they were bringing us boxes. Of, back then, they would bring you your bill with your texts in it. Oh no! So the, bill, the guy with the bills was like mm, dumping off box, and I was like with the texts. So I just unplugged the. Uh, <laughs> you did unplug the service for everyone. Yeah. I thought I was. I thought I was just doing it for Europe, but and so at that no offense point, to Europeans. What was the first tweet that went out? It was. They're all. They were all the same. Well, so when we uh, when we first created the the system, the way we did it is when you created an account for yourself, it would actually tweet for you. And it would say, "Just setting up my Twitter." TWTTR. Mm -hmm. And the, the reason it was TWTTR is because we wanted to be very focused on SMS, and we were trying to get an SMS shortcode. Mm -hmm. um, so we tried to get TWTTR as our shortcode, but we learned that mm -hmm. it was owned by teen people. people. Also, we use text TP um, yeah. instead of TWTTR. We also couldn't. Uh, we didn't want to buy Twitter.com because it was um, some bir a bird enthusiast owned it. Mm -hmm. Later, we later we were completely against bird enthusiasts. <laughs> <laughs> no, my wife. Is, well, you took him down. My wife. Is, my wife is actually a huge bird enthusiast. But. Um, <laughs> We eventually bought it. <laughs> we eventually bought it, and we could. We were able to make the joke that we bought the vowels. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was the it, the, the idea of, of sending out what was, I guess, philosophically like just texts uh, via internet. How long before? Wh when did you start? Kind of. What did you initially think it was going to be used for? And when did you start seeing? It evolved because I think one of the best things about Twitter is that so much of the utility of Twitter has kind of been dictated by your audience. You guys have listened to a lot of that, and I'm sure people always complain when they know who you are. Like, will you add this? Can you add an edit button? Can you do this? But you really, it seems like you've listened as as much as you can and turn it over, and the audience has kind of dictated how it's used. So, how did you initially see it being used, and what are you surprised about now? Are we I think we saw it as something that was fun. I mean, yeah, it was, it was, a, joy, it was a joy to use. Yeah, Jack was just like, wouldn't it be fun if you could just know what everyone was feeling and up to and sort of get the heartbeat of all your, the people you care about without even bothering them, you know? And it was like, that sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, and we, and we kept we kept riffing on it as well. So like when so when you created an account, it said just setting up my Twitter and teach you how to tweet a bit, and then the. The next thing was inviting coworkers, and that's when we sent the invites to everyone else at Audio, and you see this string of chain reactions where just sending on my Twitter, just sending on my Twitter, and 
And then people got onto it. And that day, we all went home, and we were still using it. And we were talking about what was happening at home when we weren't physically together. Yeah. And that started to feel like magic. Is like it did bring us closer, even though we weren't physically next to each other. Mm-hmm. And we kept seeing that feeling and uh, and that experience again and again and again. And this has a great story around the um, very first time. I the very first time I I felt like we were onto something was was when I was. Um, my wife and I had this little tiny 400 square foot house in, in Berkeley, and it was a heat wave. And I and I just I'd watched enough Bob Vila as a kid <laughs> to know that when you rip up the carpeting, you reveal the beautiful hardwood floors underneath. Right. So I decided to start in the middle with a big utility knife, and I just cut the carpet, and I ripped it like this, and there was no hardwood floor whatsoever. So you just destroyed your carpet. Destroyed my carpet, and but then I had to keep ripping. So I was ripping and ripping and ripping, and. Um, I was sweating and uh, I was like, God, I made this huge mistake and I was angry and I was upset. And then I felt my phone buzz in my pocket and it was Ev and his, his tweet was, sipping Pinot Noir after a massage in Napa Valley. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, I, that, and my wife already thought I was crazy because I was cursing and everything. And then I was, then I was laughing out loud and she was like, oh my God, I totally lost it. But because I was laughing out loud, I sort of had this out of body experience where I was like, am I laughing out loud from a product we made that we must be on the right track? Because if, if you're using it and laughing, then like something's going right, you know? What did you learn from your audio experience that you were able to to use when you started Twitter? For me, it was don't try to do it all. Because we had, in, in audio, we had the studio where you recorded, the directory where you tried to find podcasts you like, and like other, a lot of other stuff. We were, we were just yeah. podcasts. complicated. It was just everything. <clears throat> And it was way better to just, why would you record in your browser when you could just record on GarageBand and not crash, you know? <laughs> but going back to the, how did it evolve? I think that these early stories were profound in that we felt it was a personal connection between people in real time. That that sounds completely mundane today, and it was profound at the time. And so we were very focused on that, though, the first couple of years. If you look at the, the homepage was a way to tell it, friends, family, and co-workers, what you're up to in real time or something like that. Yeah. Right? And so, which is, we realized later was a, that was cool and a subset of what this real-time information network could be. And we, that's the thing we started discovering as it went out into the world in those early days was like, there's, there's uh, wildfires in Southern California and the fire department is tweeting about where they're at, mm-hmm. which has nothing to do with telling your friends and family, but it's actually critical information that we are providing a new way to get out. Or there was an earthquake. For me, there was an there was an earth. I, I was in in the BART underground, and I was about to get on a train, and um, I heard people mumbling about an earthquake, uh, and I was like, "Whoa, I'm not I'm not getting on this train." And then, or I was already on the train, I was like, I'm going to run off this train. And then my phone was like, and it was all these tweets about, ah, it's no big deal, earthquake, Hayward Fall, like it was at 1.2 or whatever. And I was like, oh, I'll just stay on the train. And so it saved me from being like home late for dinner and stuff. And I was like, that was pretty useful. <laughs> well, I re- yeah, because I, I, when, when Twitter first started, I think, I think maybe you guys had some sort of an integration. I think my friends who were in this thing called Human Giant were doing like the MTV Movie Awards or something, and they had all gotten Twitter accounts oh, early, yeah. early yeah. on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was the first like sort of commercial thing. Yeah, and I think Aziz was tweeting backstage, and it and and I was reading like, oh, there's status updates, you know. But at, my first thought was like, well, that'll get old fast. Like, what do you think? What could you possibly say to someone yeah. that you need to say all the time? But then I kept reading and I kept reading and I kept reading, and then. And I think in the beginning, it was kind of fun. And I think people were like, oh, it's a silly thing. People were just telling you what they had for breakfast. Right. Then there was an earthquake. That lasted like three, four years, by the way. But, but, but I think it went up until, I, I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it was 08 or 09, there was an earthquake in L.A. And, of course, all the cell towers jammed. Mm-hmm. And everyone got all of their news on Twitter. And it was the first time that I really felt the sense of, oh, wait, this is actually... This isn't just a, a, a narcissism tool. This is a real way to get information and find out what people are talking about in real time and get information out as quickly as possible. Did, did, it, did it ever occur to you that the platform would have such weight to it at any point? Or it really just was like, oh, it'll just be silly and fun? Well, and it, it occurred to me at a certain point, but you, got, you, you started talking about it. No, first. but it, it evolves. I mean, as you, 
the other thing that, that I learned from promoting was like you have to be passionate about what you're building. And we we loved we loved audio, but we weren't broadcasters. We weren't yeah. podcasters. We loved listening to them. And this is something that we just um, Twitter was something that we wanted to use every minute of every day, and just naturally wanted to make better and better and better. And um, and we saw as people got on it, they would use it in all these interesting ways that we weren't predicting. And uh, that that newsworthiness, the citizen journalist, the being in the right moment, uh, being at the right place at the right time, uh, and being able to share what's happening on the ground was phenomenal. And or in space. Or in space. And <laughs> we're off this planet. Yeah. Um, but just being, you know, that, that public uh, by default nature of the service allowed you to really see what the world was saying at any point. And, uh, and we saw these interesting behaviors that we made easier and easier and easier as, as the service grew. The other thing I was going to say was that when the, the first point where I felt like we truly invented something, some new form of human communication was when I heard the story of a guy who was at um, a tech conference at a lab pub and he just wanted to talk to his other tech friends about stuff. And so he, he sent out a tweet that says, how about we go to this other pub down the street? And in the eight minutes it took him to walk to that pub, it had become full to capacity with a line around the block. <laughs> and it was because his followers retweeted, like they retweeted the same thing, and then those followers retweeted and so, so on. And so many individuals suddenly acted as one like a you know flock of birds going around a tree. It looks so choreographed, so beautiful. Both the mechanics of flocking are actually very simple. And um, I was like, when I heard that story, I, I thought to myself, this was just a party scenario. But what if it had been a disaster or something? Many all of a sudden becoming one, and then becoming individuals again. I was like, whoa. There's no other way to do that. When you started to sense that, when you started to sense that there was real social importance behind it, did that change the way? you approached your work at that point? Oh, well, we kind of need to really think about this in a grander scale than we than we had before. And it's not just a frivolous tool. Well, yeah, actually, after that is when we formed Twitter informally, like when we got back. We also won an award at that te at that tech conference. And it was South by Southwest. Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah which is happened. Yeah. So, so basically, um, what happened was we were, we were going into the awards and just, because everybody did, and, uh, and then I said to Evan Jack, I was like, what if we win an award? And they were like, what do you mean? And I was like, we could win. We might win. We're not prepared to win. I think we're up for best blog. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what if we win? Which made no sense. But um, unless we're talking about my blog posts. Um, <laughs> was that what it was? No. Because I really think it would no, be more than sipping the Pinot was yeah, rather than your yeah, cutting. Um, but anyways, I said, what if we win? And I suddenly got this weird feeling like, oh, shoot, we could win. And, and I was like... Good point. Jack will speak, you'll write the speech. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and so I was like, how can I write a speech in like five minutes? And so I, I decided to play off the 140 character limit and I said, I think the speech was, for Jack was, um, I'd like to thank you in 140 characters or less. And I just did. <laughs> and we just walked off. Yeah. Did you, and you, obviously over the years, and certainly in the news league, we were like, more than 140 characters, more than 140 characters, but I love the economy of 140 characters because I think it, 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 is, it has forced me to not waste words, and it's forced me to economize, and I think it's forced most people to not go off in four paragraphs what they could get across in, yeah, in exactly. one, one simple idea. There's a poetry to it, but there's a really practical reason as well, which is we had to fit under this 160 character boundary for SMS, and if we could do that, then one tweet would not be broken across multiple text messages, which means right. that when you tweet, you only get you only get one. And we took 20 characters for the uh, for the at name, uh, and then we arrived at 140. But it was this, you know, beautiful. Didn't we take strength. 15 for the name, and there was like five wasted? Yeah. And I, yeah, and I once I once proposed yeah. it. I once proposed um, <clears throat> five character ads, and five it didn't be really tricky, but it didn't work. <laughs> We did, we, we, did try. we had tips at one point in third room, yeah. but the very early version, we didn't cut it off. If you entered the tweet on the web, we'd send multiple texts, mm -hmm. and then you would get the second one, and you'd assume it was, but if there's a it delay, all, you didn't know who that up. was from. Yeah. yeah. And then and then we made it so it had to be limited one, but it depended on how long your username was. Yeah. So if you had a shorter username, you could actually have like, longer I tweets. had one more character than, than Jack did, because right. I was... Biz and he had one more character one than more. me because he was at. 
Yeah. Well, so it was your username plus the colon plus this the space. And then I remember one day Jack just said, 140. <laughs> that's it, 140, <laughs> and that's all it is. like, well, that seems wasteful that you could get a few things in there. And we talked about ads or, or yeah, tips, yeah, right. which we actually got tips at one point, so um, for which were as helpful via SMS because you didn't necessarily know how to do it. Yeah. Well, do you, how do you use Twitter? Like, what, what do you, how did you, when you first started using it, how were you using it? And then what does it mean to you now? <clears throat> um, it's definitely involved from this very personal, here's what I'm doing. I think the, uh, the very old tweets account is regularly embarrassing because it will retweet very old tweets. Mm -hmm. and, um, <laughs> um, but it was fun. I mean, is when, when you are just talking to your friends or you, your perception is you're just talking to your friends, you, you talk differently and you're much more casual than if there's a, a huge audience listening to you. Um, so it's gotten, I think, more formal for me. It's obviously gotten more powerful. Um, I'm a sporadic tweeter, but a very habitual tweet you know, reader and mm -hmm. checker, and it's the main source of news. That is the only consistent source of news I check. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of things to me. It's a, it's a utility. It's a, it's a broadcast platform. It's still a way that I um, private message with most of the most of the people I know. It's the default connection uh, that I that I use. Or DMs. Yeah. What about you, Jack? Uh, it's it is the fastest way that I can learn about what's happening in the world. I mean, it's the first <coughs> thing I check when I wake up, and I go straight to the search tab, and I see the trends, and it's a. Uh, it's it's amazing because you get to see like what everyone's talking about in an instant. When did you figure that out? Because I because that around the time of the earthquake, people were talking about Twitter's real power being finding out what large people are talking about in real time, exactly like what you're saying. But obviously, I'm, that that you couldn't have foreseen that right away, right? Or did you see that right away? No, I mean we uh, we we saw this global conversation because when we first started. Uh, on the web, we had this everyone page, mm -hmm. and you could actually see every tweet from every single person that was using <laughs> the service, and it was updated live, and it was just the most electrifying thing, because you could actually see all these things in real time, but you wouldn't know what was truly happening if you, unless you spent some time really going into each one of those and, and pausing it a bit, and it wasn't until we acquired some eyes in right. search, um, <clears throat> they had this, this interesting trending algorithm. So. Before, you had to follow people, and you would hope that they would be reporting or tweeting about what you cared about and what was interesting, what was happening in the world. Trends enabled you to bubble up what people were talking about, and so if they were talking about one particular topic or one particular hashtag, you would see it instantly, even though you didn't follow those people. Right. And that decision to build in search or bring, bring in search via surmise and trends was was based on this observation that Twitter could be on beyond the personal and beyond the social. And so it, it is this, was this learning process of seeing what people are doing with it, but also saying, well, what's the, what's the most important thing we could create? And because if it was purely a social network, which, you know, it was basically classified on as early on, and it is one, um, then you wouldn't necessarily build search or build trends or build the ability to see what the world is talking about. And, but that's the direction that we chose to go with those and then retweets and other things. Um, so information could spread throughout the system across the boundaries of, of your social connections. It is interesting to see how many things evolved out of Twitter and Twitter's usage that you see on almost all the social networks now. Everyone uses trending, everyone uses hashtags. Where did even follow was not. Even follow. Yeah. We'd, I remember these guys, uh, suggested the term follow, and we debated whether it should be listen or follow or or subscribe. And so, sure. but since I was designing the website, I just made it say follow. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was that controversial. But, but, but we did we did Locked talk about whether, whether or not it was creepy. I was like, is it creepy to follow someone? I didn't think it was creepy because I was thinking of it like news. Like, are you following this story in right. the news about this, or like you know, or when when you're talking, which I talk a lot, are you following me? Are you, are you? Do you follow me here? But it's I thought a, of it like that. But it's a, but yeah. there's also a layer of separate. There is a layer of protection where it doesn't feel like someone's right on top of. I had an idea for a T-shirt at one point. Instead of the, I made multiple T-shirts, but one T-shirt idea was on the back. It would just say, "Are you following me?" <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and people would just be like, "What does that mean?" Anyway, no, <laughs> now they don't know. Now but they know. the uh, we also we we designed briefly a feature. Remember this? We had following, 
And then um, we had a way to like, we had a little, we had a sun and a moon and you could, the moon meant like, don't, just don't disturb me with tweets right now. Unless, um, and we had this feature called worship. <laughs> and that was like, don't disturb me unless the one of these three people tweets. Then I definitely want to know. Then you want to know. Those are the people I worship. You could follow someone or you could worship someone. Yeah, and yeah. you would always get the tweets to your phone. No matter what. No matter what, if you worship them. That was weird. That was cultish. So we dropped all that stuff. I think now you can get away with it because people know what the platform is. And I don't think anyone would be like, that was that's so weird. I mean, I think that's pretty, that's a, it'd be like a turbo follow. Basically. Also, the, 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 the like, that's a better name than worship. Yeah. <laughs> turbo follow. The, well, now, like the phones, phones do it. They have like a little moon, like nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can see like, we yeah, we moon. built that in, and we, yeah. It was like it's show. like time to go to bed. Like don't, I don't, I'll, I'll wait for the tweets tomorrow. Yeah. How did how did someone take an Octothorpe and basically create the hashtag? Octothorpe is that the real word? I think that's what that thing. I think that's what that Holy is. I think it's called Octothorpe. Wow. Holy moly! I didn't even know it. I thought it was called Octothorpe. <laughs> <Hound. laughs> Shut it down. Octothorpe. I'm pretty sure it's an Octothorpe. I'm sure someone on the internet will correct me. I think an octothorpe is some kind of sea creature that uh, it's a, yeah, is bioluminescent. It's and and it also uh, was able to tag other sea creatures. Oh my god, that's <laughs> crazy! Octothorpe. Any sea creature that it's near, it's just easier to catalog it. You learn something we, new every day. We were we grew up in the time of Flickr, and we were inspired a lot by Flickr. And there's you know there were a lot of tag we grew up Flickr. in the time of Flickr. We grew up in the time of Flickr. Flickr is very influential. Flickr was we didn't Flickr grow was. up in the time of Flickr. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You didn't, man. <laughs> well, we, I don't know. I'm 25. Oh, 25. You must be 26. Think Jack's referring to our 10-year-old. <laughs> yeah, referring to Twitter being 10. You're right. Yeah, Twitter's a kid. Twitter's like a, Twitter's a 10-year-old now. Yeah, Twitter's right. running around trying yeah, to figure it's out. A 10-year-old. We got we got the uh, the favorite from Flickr. We got the removal of the original vowels. That's true. We got tag, the, we tags. actually got the terms of service from our lawyers, and all they did was copy Flickr <laughs> and put it in. And we were like, okay, here's nine hundred dollars. Wait, it says Flickr. You couldn't, <laughs> you couldn't even do a fine and replace. That's an extra hundred dollars for a thousand dollars. They would have done a fine and replace. Yeah, Flickr was. You know, I remember that. When 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 I first started getting on Flickr, we're like, wow, this is really. I could see all these other people and all. Well, people were tagging your photos, and you're like, this is great. I don't have yeah. to do any work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, and Chris Messina brought it over to Twitter and started using it. The Octothorpe. The Octothorpe and the work. He actually came into our office and he's like, I have a good idea. We should put a hashtag in front of a word, and that should mean that should mean you're tagging your tweet, yeah. so that you don't have to constantly say. In reference to this, like if you're at South by Southwest, you can say the tacos are great. I'm at, at South by Southwest every time. And right. You can just be like hashtag South by Southwest. It's just like a contextual reference point, which it's just a nice. It's been a nice anchor. But what I'm sure you, uh, because you're obviously like a comedy guy, you <laughs> you are the comedy guy. I mean that in the best possible okay. way. But comedy, because <laughs> comedy guys are hardworking guys. Comedy guys are hardworking guys, but all of my friends who were like when like when the standups start when we all got on Twitter, uh, that using the hashtag became a way to basically like a parenthetical for a joke or a way to contextualize yeah. a joke. So well, it's it also really ironic. Comedy tool. People use it in their text messages now just for like irony. Yeah, you know, like hashtag I'm stupid and whatever after you say something. You know? I, when I when I first started I using when I first started using the hashtag outside Twitter. Just to be snarky, I would hashtag something, and I would then I would the second hashtag would be like hashtagging outside of Twitter, or just a hashtag and then the word hashtag. I kind of wish every hashtag That's everywhere awesome. just worked, just actually did link you back know, to Twitter like in, in email in in text and everything. I wish they really did work. I guess you can't copyright that when that happened. I mean, that is that that is an interesting question. It would just be cool if they if they all worked across platforms. Then you'd really get some cool. Does products. that does that bother? Do you ever feel like Ugh, when you see features nah. that you got that are you just happy that it's out in it's the great. world? It's great. Yeah, it's awesome. Like it's awesome. follow, hashtag. Uh, Twitter is a true original. Like uh, everything. <laughs> no, it, it has. Like we we created so much, and the, and the people using our platform created so much, and it's. Gone beyond Twitter into culture. It's inspiring. It's huge. Do you, are there? I'm sure you guys must get asked all the time. You know, for like people starting up companies because you've ultimately you've achieved what anyone would want to achieve if they if they were in Silicon Valley and they wanted to start something. 
So what is it, what was the most important thing about this experience that you learned that you would pass on to people? Well, I, what Jack said before is, I, I, the, if I'm only given a chance to give one piece of advice to somebody uh, who wants to be an entrepreneur, I always say, you have to be emotionally invested in what you're doing, which means like love what you're doing, because we were just told Twitter is terrible, stupid, worst idea ever. Um, From the internet? No. Yeah. It's usually such a positive support <laughs> structure. Somebody even said, some, at one point somebody said, Twitter is the Seinfeld of the internet. It's a it's a website about nothing. And I put that on the rotating testimonials for the front page. I thought it was a compliment. <laughs> I was like, Seinfeld, a hit show. <laughs> and, and everyone was like, you know that's supposed to be a dig at you. And I was like, what do you mean? Seinfeld's huge. So if you're emotionally invested, those things just wash over you and you keep working on it. Right. And if you're not, then you're like, ah, oh, everybody's right. This thing. I should just move on. But the other thing to add to that is be emotionally invested, but but just follow your gut in terms of what you're creating. Create the thing that you want to exist in the world and know how to make it better based on your own usage of that. Yeah. Not that, I mean, it's a combination, obviously, of, of that and listening to users, but when you're, if you do too much just listening to people, if we, if we did mostly listening to people, Twitter wouldn't have been, you know, it wouldn't have been. It wouldn't have been. <laughs> it wouldn't have been because it was clearly a silly idea. Yeah. Um, but it's that how to which you always have a thousand different options about what to do next. And it's not like Twitter was was born and suddenly it was a hit and fully formed. It took months of iteration actually before that South by Southwest before there was really any growth. And then every month and every year since there's been okay, what do we do now? Because it always has to change and evolve. How it changed and evolves, you have to especially very early on. This becomes less as you grow, but very early on, it's what do I want or what do we want as a team? What's working for us is your is your primary barometer, and then you put it out in the world, and then you see how people are rea reacting and and responding to it. Yeah, I mean, the, I, I guess that's I, the the idea. It's interesting. I've never thought of it this way before, but if you are innovating, it's very difficult to listen to other people because you're making a thing they've never seen. Yeah. So how could they possibly tell you what to do with it? Right. Uh, how do you when you first start something? It's obviously very exciting because you know there's that. It's terrifying. It's terrifying, but there is that kind of like sexy honeymoon period. It's like oh, we're doing this new thing. Then when you get past that, how do you maintain like how how, how do you keep it like a fun, sexy process when it's not brand new anymore? When you when it's when you just have to keep it going. I think uh, the team. I mean, it's just you want to you want to work with people that you love working with and. And Biz was great at this. Uh, whenever there was a, whenever we had a stressful moment in the company, he always lightened it up a bit and reminded us of why we're here and what we're doing, and and really gave us a whole lot of purpose. And he was, he always said, Twitter is a triumph of humanity, and really made the work, even though it started in a very lightweight way, made the work feel tangible and real and important and something that that mattered. Um, but at the same time, we should be having fun with it. We should, we should, you know, we should have some joy in the work and and make it feel great. Because otherwise, we're not going to do the right things. Yeah, we used to have a every Friday we would have what we call tea time, because Jack thought we would just sit down and have tea. But there was beer in the fridge, so we actually had beer. We still call it tea time. We still call it tea time. But uh, what we would do at tea time is we would show, we would stop working, we would show everybody look what people are doing. Not like celebrate ourselves, but we would celebrate what people were doing on Twitter. Like, look, they self-organized and gave to this charity. Or look at this woman like crashed her bike in the middle of nowhere and she tweeted for help and she got help. And we would celebrate those types of things. And so people would feel like our work is important just by coming into the building, I'm already doing something important, plus the work. And then Jack, Jack always kept things fresh by being, by saying like, you know, we shouldn't be afraid to just tear things down and try new things. Like nothing should be sacred, you know? So the the team was always encouraged to just be like, what if we did this and this and this and this and this? And so you get a lot of cool ideas that way instead of trying to 
like don't touch anything because it's working so don't yeah. be afraid to take risks don't be afraid to fall down you gotta change it yeah i always say that you have to be willing to <laughs> fall we did fall down. <laughs> we, we fell down a lot and i sort of turned it into like a joke and people i think i think it actually worked well for us like it broke so much and people complained so much that it was broken that people were like what's breaking i want to check it out this thing that sucks so much but um the so jeff bezos says that's why he invested was because Twitter kept kept failing, and yet it was growing in popular. And he said, "Well, you must be onto something, then." Yeah, <laughs> may I invest? Well, so if you, is there something that at the time you considered like, "Oh, this is a tremendous fail," but in retrospect was maybe one of the better things that happened? Um, hmm. Well, just it's more like in general. You know, I I, I found a stock photo of a, of a a bunch of little birds lifting up a whale and I put it I, I put it up for like you know like technical difficulties I was right. like we're working on it it's a big job but we're working together later on and later on Ev pointed out that the birds were all flying in different directions <laughs> <laughs> which is like the first, I was like that's actually perfect I mean the, the fail whale became pretty like it, it was what I think was so great about it is that you didn't get pissed off when it happened he was like oh this is a, this adorable whale well actually early on we got this great things they were just magical like um, whenever a big event was going to come up, we knew we were going to have to like stay up late and bolster things and try to figure out what might go wrong. And one time we got, we were all in the office working late before at Macworld, like, huge nerd fest, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, I've been to, I went to and, the uh, and and um, it we, wasn't just oh, Macworld. It was when they announced when when Steve Jobs announced the iPhone. Yeah, 2007. So we knew that was going to be. Well, we didn't know. I don't. Do we know about the iPhone? Was it? I don't, a, know. I don't know. The point is, we knew that we were, a lot of people were going to be tweeting. <laughs> And so we were staying up late, and then a pizza showed up, and then another, and then another, and I was like, who's, who's ordering all these pizzas? And it turns out, Twitter, the people who were using Twitter and love Twitter, were having pizzas sent to our office because they knew we were probably up late working. Oh, that's so nice! It was so right. awesome. That was a cool thing. Even even when we did and we did work during that fail during and go down, we just had so much love and so much passion for <clears> what we were building, and and so much patience as well. Um, to make sure people that we, stuck we with us. Clones came up everywhere, and people were like, "Yeah, we like these guys that don't quite know what they're doing." <laughs> well, I think that that is more relatable than like a giant mega corporation <laughs> who's trying to basically like, "How do we get this audience?" Well, but you guys were building community from the ground up. Yeah, it's, I actually think there is some value in showing vulnerability. You know, it's like you're human. Like, hey, we're just a bunch of people yeah. trying to work on a free thing for you. These guys put their cell phone number on the website, the very first yeah. version. Yeah, I had an old guy call me on a really early on a Saturday morning, like, listen, my church told me to get on this thing. And uh, I finished, I did your word puzzle. And I was like, what is he talking about? Because I, I had had this idea for a game over Twitter that day before, and I was like, did we build that? <laughs> And then I was like, oh, he means CAPTCHA. He means he solved the CAPTCHA. That's really funny. And so he proved that he was not a robot. Yeah. So <laughs> I, had, what he did. I had to like go through. My wife was like, who are you talking to? And I was like, don't worry about it. And then we eventually took our phone numbers off the website. And changed change our phone number. And change our phone That's a good idea. But it's fine. I want to get to some, some user questions. But it's so funny how I, I, I imagine you're in this sometimes, I'm not sure it must feel like a no-win situation where people expect the platform to evolve. But then when you change things, people get so into their ritual. It's like when you went from stars to hearts, it's like people melted down. It's like, but it's still the same functionality. Like why? Yeah, except that there's a huge giant heart in the lobby of Twitter. Did yeah. you see it? Yeah. And it's constantly pulsating because people are constantly clicking the heart. So um, people love the heart. <laughs> also, Ev said something funny. He was, I was like, that thing's constantly pulsating because somewhere someone's always clicking in a heart. And he was like, if that stops beating, we literally stop. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Twitter has become such an, and once that, once that stops, it's all over. This is from uh, Mike Chaffee. Uh, what day-to-day -day uses for Twitter by folks you may consider less techie amaze you most, aside from breaking news? Well, the one I always go back to, which is kind of ancient now, is it's like my favorite tweet. Um, uh, Ev's wife, Sarah. Well, that, that was cool too, but he was kind of a techie. But Ev's wife, Sarah, when they were having their first baby, she just, she wrote a, a short tweet that said, Dear Internet, my water just broke. 
<laughs> I love that because I, I knew they were going to have a baby and I was just like, oh, like, this is so cool. Now I know like she's going to have a baby. It was really nice. And you, she's not a techie. She's an artist. Do you ever feel like sometimes almost like with uh, – because, you know, the, the people get super – they just their faces are in their phones so much of the time. Do so you ever feel like sometimes like you have to be like the alcohol industry? Where it's like drink responsibly, you know. Don't <laughs> yeah. Be careful with your social media. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things in Twitter now, like just catch up or go to Twitter moments and just kind of scan it and stuff like that instead of just be on your phone all day long. Yeah, there was a great picture that was circulating around the internet for a while, like a long, like maybe last year, and it was a it was a train stop, and everyone everyone at the train stop was looking at their phone. And then there was one guy who was just walking and not looking at his phone. And the caption was, what the F is this guy looking at? The world? <laughs> <laughs> Boring. Uh, this, is a, this is from uh, Khalil Manns. How do you make communities uh, easier for new users to join? That's your job. <laughs> um, that's, that's been something that's been pretty phenomenal to watch on Twitter. It's just how communities emerge out of nothing, usually around a hashtag. Like people just by join by using a hashtag just suddenly enter into a conversation around a, a community. I bet you there's a hashtag Octothorpe forming right now. There must be. There, there must be an Octothorpe be. hashtag out there. Yeah. And then instead of saying hashtag That's you're just like, of the day. Oh, Octothorpe love Twitter. Just, <laughs> just sort of make it as clunky as possible. A lot of people asking questions about the character limit. Um, Roy Clemenston uh, at Roy BQ, like three or four people were like what about more? What about 150? And and we sort of grazed it earlier. And I know you open that up for DMs, which is phenomenal, by the way. But w why is it important for you to keep it as economical as possible? I think the brevity is is very important, and that that poetry, that like natural, like of the moment kind of poetry and feeling, is really important. But it also creates this behavior where people are using it to point attention to all these interesting things, and uh, and that's been that's been awesome to see over time. Well, it's it's daunting to to sometimes to some people. It's 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 comforting knowing that that's all you have to write. Right. Also, it yeah. It it's if you could craft the great American novel on Twitter, it would be some people would, and it'd be amazing. And then everybody else would be like, well, I can't do that. <laughs> yeah. And then, so it'd be off-putting. I think just keeping it simple. Is the best way to I do think people sometimes forget that too much choice is too much for the human oh, brain. Like you so get true. stressed by because ah, it just feels like what should I do? Yeah. 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 What do I? I mean, there are some there are some other social networks that you go onto and a bunch of people have written like a dissertation. You're like, I can't deal with that right now. Yeah. Like a long email, you just sort of look, look at the first yeah, thing. Right. You're like, what do I skip to the end? Oh, I want to be verified. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, the, the war for verification was so crazy, and you know, for whatever reason, I don't know what it was, but Twitter was very kind to. It's funny, like a lot of that, because at the time I, I was writing for Wired and I was doing more tech stuff, and Twitter really adopted a lot of the tech, the tech nerds who got huge followings, like Veronica Belmont, Ryan Block, and Felicia Day, and Will Wheaton, and me, and. So you, you guys, you threw us, or someone did, threw us on this suggested user list before it was an algorithm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That it was just like a curated a list. mistake, by the way, but God. What, what, what was that? <laughs> oh, yes, of course. No, well, no, 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 I'm your fault. No, it was, it was, he means it was a mistake because it's much better for people to naturally be attracted to you. And those are the, those are the followers you really want, rather than like, hey, follow this guy. Okay, click. Okay, whatever you put in front of me, I'll click. I don't know who he is, but I'll follow him because you said. Right. You know, it's much better to it, rather than having a million of those. It's better to have like ten thousand people who actually sought you out on purpose and followed you because those people really. Philosophically, I agree with you, but narcissistically, you want the number. Anytime you give someone a number, they want it to go up. Well, yeah, and then you know, it's like it, it became. It was such an ego thing, particularly in the performer community for so long. About how many followers? There's yeah, a, and people yeah. would go, how many followers? And yeah. it's it's interesting now that the entertainment industry looks at those metrics, and that's actually a thing. They go, well, this person has this many followers, so we should probably work with them. It's, it's like, well, it's also woven into contracts now, like how many how many followers you have. It's like we'll give you an extra ten grand if you tweet this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. that was a whole other thing of monetizing tweets tweets for a while. That people, I mean, I know some people still do it, but there were whole like there were ads being served and a lot of rules with that. I mean, it's. You know, are there are there darker sides? You're like, I kind of wish it hadn't evolved in that direction. Or are you pretty much fine with everything? 
that's, I mean, it's, it's a reflection of the world. And people share their thoughts and, and what they think and their emotions. And the amazing thing is we have, we have 10 years of sentiment, of emotion, yeah. all now archived to the Library of Congress. It's true. We could go back. Yeah, the Library of Congress, we did a deal with them early to, to archive all the tweets, the public tweets, so that they, because they were thinking, wouldn't it be great if we could have known what everyone was thinking in the 1800s and through the 1900s? <laughs> and that, and that, now for the last 10 years, we can go back, we can know what people were thinking five years ago. I'm so glad that the Library of Congress has my old tweet of uh, diarrhea is the jazz of poop. I'm really Whoa. excited about that. I'm really excited that that's in the Library of Congress. Uh, this is from Brian Koppelman. Jack, I love Twitter as is. Why not promote grow lists so users curate their own timelines to their specs? The lists are great. Um, I, I, I use them a lot. And Moments is actually a, an evolution of, of collections uh, and, uh, and uh, another evolution of, of lists so that people can see it in a more visual way and in a fast way. So we're always looking to, to make sure that the, the fundamentals that we started with, we get better and better and we, make, we build more utility into it. Excellent. This is from uh, Dave Elliott uh, at the underscore Iceman2288. <laughs> There's like 50 characters. Snappy. Uh, but I'm curious, do you guys say the at symbol? I always say the at symbol before I say someone's username, or do you just say their username? I say the at. I say the at, too, because otherwise it might be their actual name. That's weird. I mean, because we, when, you know... Unless it's Ev or Jack, because it's... Right, because they're your friends. Well, also, like, I don't call them at Jack. I say it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we, you know, when we... Uh, this show that I did for Comedy Central at midnight, we created the show a few years ago, it felt it was originally originally a pilot called Tweeter Dome, and it was all Twitter centric games. And then we were like, "Well, we should expand it so any social community can be involved because you know right. let's just make it about the way that people interact with the with the internet." And we, you know, we so I said, "Well, we should put, the name of the show should also be the hat should also be the at name that'll tell you that's an internet based show, and yeah. it's also the time." So even just something cool. as simple as a username can inform so much about. You know, like what? It's not just a person's name. It can really be. Right. How do you how do you see it in terms of like integration with with brands? Are there wise things that you see people do or companies where you're like, yeah, maybe that's not. Well, the there's way a lot of newscasters and stuff that write right on on the thing, the, whatever that's called, that they put on the bottom. Oh, the news crawl. They're yeah. talking. Yeah. It says like their name and then it says at whatever. And yeah. So you, you know right away, like, oh, you can follow them on Twitter too. Yeah. That was amazing to see, like, the first time we saw the app names and, mm -hmm. the, and the hashtags on television. Yeah, showing up on TV, we were like, whoa. And also cool. physically around the world, too, because you knew exactly where it was. You knew that it was on Twitter. You knew how to get to it. And it was it was just it was amazing. Uh, so at now the Iceman2288, uh, when are we going to get an edit button? This person mm. wants an edit button. Mm. Never heard that request before. Right. That's so strange. You've yeah, never, yeah, never, yeah, never heard that before. before. So, yeah. Forget more. Well, I guess. Right. Just put that in the <laughs> list of ideas. Well, we could put a button in there. Yeah. <laughs> just I a mean, button. Just to make, if it makes it feel, people feel better, just put an edit button. But then you can only edit whatever's in the button. Yeah. yeah. It's a literal the edit button. button. You can edit a button. It's literally It's an interesting thing, though. I mean, I think the way we used it initially it was more ephemeral, it was more like of the moment and you didn't really think about these things were gonna stick around for a while and they needed to edit it. It was, it was something that I just it was consciousness. It, you know, you just kept uh, you kept sharing what you were thinking. So back then it wasn't around um, editing, it was just like this of the moment thing. Yeah. Um, and it's tricky, by the way. There's, I mean people ask this all the time and we we shouldn't um, Trivialize it. Obviously, one of the biggest things I've learned about the internet after helping people put their thoughts on it for 20 years is people regret putting their thoughts on the internet. And so, at Blogger many years ago, it was hard by default. Your your blog post showed up with your name, and then we got all these frantic emails. Oh my God, how do I get my name off the internet attached to my thought? Right. Um, and so we had to build that then. But the um, the idea of an edit button seems trivial, but then. People respond to your tweet, and you are yeah. Or retweet it, and you, you retweet it, it, and then you change it. It actually has it has many complications to it that people don't necessarily think about. So, not that not that uh, it's impossible or that it shouldn't be done, but I just want to point out every every decision like that, just so people know, is has very broad implications, not only technically but but behaviorally and and changes the nature of 
of everything. Yeah, I could be. I could say I love Jack, and then everyone would be like, "Ah, oh, that's great!" And I could like, "Biz said he loves Jack," and retweet, 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 and then go edit and say, "I hate Jack," and everyone's like. Why? Why is everyone retweeting this? Like, <laughs> this is a mean thing to say, right? You know? I mean, it's just it, it's right. true stuff. So up. better delete it. And yeah, and then tweet it. Start over. Well, I think that's what you know because uh, when you're dealing with that many millions, hundreds of millions of people, and you obviously care about what you're doing. It's kind of funny that I guess sometimes people go, oh, they probably didn't think of this. It's exactly. like, but all you do is think about this yeah. stuff all day. For so, 10 years. So how do, you, about how do you not get jaded when you're working so hard to create something that you obviously care about, and then people yell at you and say, like, you're dumb because you didn't do this. It's like, yeah, we did. I just, you don't understand all the details. No, but involved. when they do that, they're passionate about it, and that means they like it's it. So I'd rather have care. people hate, like... You're stupid. You don't do this, and they're, but they're still passionate about the product. Or have people be like, "I love this. I love it." The in between of just, I don't care what you do, is the worst. <laughs> yeah, you don't want people to be apathetic. You, yeah, you I'd rather they, I'd rather they'd be really pissed, or they'd be really happy, but not in between. Like well, whatever you do is fine. Yeah, maybe, who cares? It's better that way. It's like there's a lot more energy there. So just sort of going down, uh, I'll just ask you guys a couple more questions, and then we'll release you back into the into the wilds of Twitter. <laughs> catch and release. <laughs> this is the catch and release program. Um, I think I'm going to mount you, though. I'll just put my mount you up on the mantelpiece. And Whoa, keep if, you just, if you edit that after the first thing, it's going to be weird. <laughs> this is where I would need a Twitter edit feature. Yeah. This is where I would need no, a Twitter I mean edit feature. No, I mean the periscope. The periscope. You just pointed at him and said... I'm gonna mount you. Yeah. I, I meant as in taxidermy. I didn't mean yeah. any other. Which, way. Is, you which isn't anything. weird at all. Which you might. <laughs> Both <laughs> options are. I don't know. Like, why would you say that to a person? Just got dark. I just your weird. body language just changed. <laughs> just got very protective. Yeah, but it's fine. He had more. Don't. Don't. No. 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 Do give me that. Um, what are you? This is very real time and live. Yeah, these, by the way. these are. This just is how we do. This is really how we do it. <laughs> Twitter, Twitter comes no servers. It goes right to our printer. Yeah, it's just like one of those. It's one of those uh, old timey, like old timey, where it's just the cards come out. It's just the blinking lights. It's a telegram. It's a telegram. It's a like a like an Altair eighty eight hundred might be a fun computer that you could reference. What the which I just did. Which I just did. What are you most passionate about now? What are you most passionate about on Twitter about? I mean, w within Twitter, what are you passionate about? Uh, the, the speed, the speed and simplicity of being able to see the world. I mean, it's, it's, we, we break news 10 to 15 minutes before any other service. And it's, it's right from the streets. It's right from the source. Like, it's a very authentic and genuine voice. And uh, you can, you know, it just makes you so much closer to where something is happening and, and it's amazing opportunity to learn about the world and that the learning that Twitter provides on a daily basis uh, through the tweets but also through Periscope um, is just phenomenal. The same thing for me. We, uh, Jack and I had a meeting really early on, like 2008 or something, with Reuters. Mm -hmm. we were, it's a funny story. We were totally drunk, but um, I, I pitched them. I was like, "What if? What if we gave you just a feed of everything that's going on right now in the world?" And Jack was like, "We don't have that." And I was like, "Don't worry, about it. you'll make it." <laughs> and, and the guy was like, "Whoa! Like, let me bring in my other guys." It's a, I because now it has become that. It's become the world's terminal for breaking news, and it's like <clears throat> so exciting to see that happen. To go on moments in the morning and just scan it and be like, okay, cool, I know what's going on. Um, or anything, like he said, anything that's breaking, it's finally like, it's finally there. There's finally hundreds of millions of people on it all around the world saying what's going on right now, whatever they're seeing. It's not just these isolated moments of like, oh my God, a plane landed in the Hudson. It's, that's happening every day somewhere. We get to have a conversation not, about like, it as well. Yeah. And then you can, yeah, follow up. And what we can do with that, we've only scratched, scratched the surface of. If there's, there's these hundreds of millions of tweets a day talking about what's happening, it's going beyond just the, the people you follow and how, you know, when you happen to dip your toe into that stream, using the, the intelligence of, of that network and intelligence of all these brains to actually serve people and make it useful, not just about sucking up their time and, and consuming more information. But what can we do for you today that makes your life better by by giving you telling you something you didn't know right now or giving you the opportunity to connect to someone, be they next door around the world? There's still so much we can do that we that hundreds of people in this building are working on 
I'm really excited to see what's next. Uh, so as we're winding this down, is there a, any kind of common misconception about Twitter that you want to clear up? Like maybe something you see a lot of that you want to you wanted to say to a lot of people at once, like, no, it's this instead of this. Is there anything you can think of? That you have to tweet to get any value out of it. I mean, I think that the value starts in what Ev said. You get to you get to see the world and you get to learn about it. And we can present to you this really unique perspective that you won't find anywhere else. And it's not necessarily the you know the the friends that you bring to Twitter or the or the people that you know in real life. It's who you're introduced to. It's who you're introduced to because you're interested in a particular idea or a topic or a community. And the social relationship that you build off that is is really really compelling. Yeah, that was always frustrating to me when when we were counting the tweets and the number of people who signed up to tweet. And I said, like, look, you don't need to know how to code to use the internet. And if we if we if we counted all the tweets that got read, whether it's on Twitter or third party applications or TV or newspapers. Or the radio, like if we, the, there's billions and billions of tweets being looked at every day. So, like, you know, we'd have a we have we have a viewership of something like 22 billion views a day or something like that. I mean, that's pretty good for. <laughs> that's not bad. That's for not bad. And where do you see it all? Where do you see it all going? Do you see it? I mean, obviously, Twitter has evolved from basically an SMS tool to its own thing. So, where do you see that? Like integrating it into. I don't know wearable technology or AR or like like how do you how do you see Twitter evolving and, and weaving into the way that people live their lives in the future? The amazing thing is it fits everywhere. I mean, it goes into every medium that's created. So whether it's VR down the line or video, like the the idea of being able to instantly broadcast your your thoughts and, and seeing the world in real time and having a conversation is everywhere. Historically, like throughout history, when you get the information first, you win. That's like financial markets, that's other things. Like you get it first, you're ahead, you can make the decision before anyone else. So it's it's got value no matter where you put it. Um, and that speed is important. Like yeah. We can we can break and tell you first. There could be an earthquake in San Jose and someone can tweet about it and you can be up here in San Francisco and say, Get ready everybody. So two more questions. One of them being Again, to people who are starting up their own thing, you guys achieved this incredible success. I know, I see you. I see you over there. Hang on. Uh, what, she's starting up her helicopter? She's starting up her helicopter. <laughs> she's just gone through the roof. She's just gone through the roof. Because uh, these last two questions I think are really, really important. And the one being for, for startups now, for people who are embarking on their, their Twitter, once you became very successful, how did that, you know, how were you able to sort of maintain that mentally? Like when, when the thing did happen that you wanted to happen and it exceeded all of your expectations, how did you stay grounded? Well, first of all, I would say, you know, it probably isn't going to work out. <laughs> I mean, like everyone's like, oh, Twitter, you did it in your mom's basement. First thing you did, total success. Like, not really. I like to say it takes 10 years, a lot of hard work and a lot of luck to become an overnight success. So there's that. And then if you are lucky enough to have right time, right people, right place, right idea, um, then you just have to, like, like I said, be emotionally invested and be, make, make it better every day. Just every day make it better, be emotionally invested, and that's, how you, that's the only way you're going to be able to get through it. Uh, in the 10 years, in the, I've been on since like 08, I think. Um, one of the most special things to me was I'm getting my mom on Twitter. My mom loves Twitter. She swears about sports. She's got a ton of followers. And also when my dad passed away, I, it was such a, I just quickly tweeted like, you know, please just, I need to take some time off my dad. And the overwhelming amount of support from people just from that made me feel, it was such, it was such a comforting experience. What are each one of you, like your favorite experiences? Do you have one particular favorite experience in the last 10 years? I mean, like I said, mine was uh, when Sarah said that on the on Twitter. But um, it just also when when we had our boy, you know, I think I, I I must have tweeted something out. I mean, the first thing he did after coming out was he, he his little hand grabbed my 
grabbed my finger. And I think I tweeted that out. I'm not sure. But uh, it was, he had a grip, too. Um, Strong <laughs> But, I mean, like, we've all, you know, Evan and I have become fathers since starting Twitter. Just so much has happened, you know, in the last 10 years. It's been amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. Um, I hope we're sitting here again in 10 more years, or at least on some sort of a neural. Or at least, you know, we're, 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 we're taxidermy, yeah. <laughs> That's it. I will be taking you home. I'm not sure if I can get around the carry-on rule, but, uh, but anyway, you're leaving with me, and there's nothing you can do about it. Um, but I want to thank uh, Jack and Biz and Ev. I mean, like I said, everything that I do and everything that most people do would not have existed without Twitter, and I'm so appreciative, and I know you guys work hard and I know you care about it so I care and I know other people care thank you so much and uh, happy thank happy you. Twitter day uh, use the hashtag love Twitter you'll happy get a little birthday. heart and a little oh yeah oh, you, now we could sing the happy birthday song because it's now no, public it's, domain it's public is, domain now is it really? public, yeah. public domain yeah they, they, they wrestled it away from those ladies who were trying to order the birthday that. market right, thanks right, everyone for up. watching take care bye bye now leaving nerdist.com enjoy your burrito it's all a lighthearted nightmare on our podcast, Morbid. We're your hosts. I'm Alina Urquhart. And I'm Ash Kelly. And our show is part true crime, part spooky, and part comedy. The stories we cover are well-researched. He claimed and confessed to officially killing up to 28 people. With a touch of humor. I'd just like sure. to go ahead and say that if there's no band called Malevolent Deity, that is pretty great. A dash of sarcasm and just garnished a bit with a little bit of cursing. This mother lied like a liar. Like a liar. And if you're a weirdo like us and love to cozy up to a creepy tale of the paranormal, or you love to hop in the Wayback Machine and dissect the details of some of history's most notorious crimes, you should tune in to our podcast, Morbid. Follow Morbid on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to episodes early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts.